Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So... The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I want you to use the ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman to the Desperate Flight Podcast. You like apples? Welcome into another edition of the Just Press Play Podcast. We have Pops, Uncle Tony, LJ. We are locked and loaded. The Super Bowl is set. What's up, guys? Let's do it. Awesome. Man, I, what am I going to do this weekend? There's no football this weekend for the first time in, like, uh, you know, six months or something like that. Well, I believe I, there's I don't not know what to do. Technically a game, right? Uh, it's, is it's, the Pro Bowl? Do they do the Pro nah, Bowl? Do we call it? Show. Is it a game? Is that a game? <laughs> is it really? what, uh, well, Jim, yeah. I think it is. I mean, <laughs> well, Jim, we might need to talk about speaking of speaking of Tonys. We might need to talk about Tony Romo here in a little bit, and, and just announcers in general. I have something I want to talk about. Uh, so yeah, we have the AFC and NFC championship games were played. The Super Bowl set just as we all expected. Yep. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are in. We all called it the beginning. Uh, they <laughs> earned their stripes, if you will. Huh? No pun intended. No. no. Um, the Rams in Matt Stafford, as well as at least one person on this podcast predicted, mm-hmm. it's like 130 days ago. Pops told mm-hmm. us the Rams would be in the Super Bowl, right? Didn't, didn't he predict I mean, that? That's true. That yeah. is true. He did. I mean, he did tell you. Did you say they would win? Do you remember? I yeah. Yeah, I said they would win, and Matt Stafford's going to win MVP in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, he is right now, according to the first look I've seen, he is the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl MVP. So, I mean, Pops told you that months ago, I mean, months you ago. Listen, that's all you got to do. <laughs> right now, you go put down a tell you, tell you, tell you. <laughs> right now, you go try to put a bet down on Matt Stafford to get plus one twenty. If you'd have done Super Bowl MVP for Stafford when Pops first told you, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you, you can't what the odds are. Probably as good as Bengals in the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> Sixteen thousand. <laughs> now we may have got a few other things wrong, maybe one or two. I don't know. We don't we don't like to live in the past when we're wrong, but when we're right, we definitely yeah. might, we definitely Absolutely. like living in the past. And since one of us was, we're all taking this W, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a JPP W, not just a Pops W. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got a lot to. We, we definitely are going to recap some of the games. Uh, we, we might talk some some fun NFL rules, like if if you were a NFL or not just NFL, a sports czar, and you had the chance to make a rule. I have some fun rules I want to throw at you, see so get your guys's opinion on. All right, all right. Um, and then, as first reported by Jeff Darlington, then confirmed by Schefter, then confirmed by Rappaport, <laughs> then confirmed by the rest of Twitter, and now finally confirmed by Tom Brady himself. <laughs> The GOAT has now retired. I, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this because I'm sure his name will come up a little throughout the pod just because, you know, he's kind of synonymous with Super Bowl and playoffs. Mm. Um, 
But I was interested, Pops. Or it's now actually done deal. He is retiring. I don't need LJ's uh, take because it's probably just good riddance. But um, Pops, what you think? Tom Brady retired officially. It's a big deal. I mean, that's. I mean, he's the goat. I mean, he is the guy. Um, I'm not too surprised. I'm. I'm. A, I am a little surprised because he played so well last year, last year. But I just don't think he could have returned to the Bucks and and had a season like that again. I just because of salary cap things and things they've got going on. So I guess I'm not surprised. What is he? Forty four. Forty four. Going to go live his best life now with a lot of isn't money it wild? Pops wife, after twenty two years in the NFL. I think I, you just said forty four years old. And he's retiring, and like it's not wild at all to be like, well, I think he left a year or two on the table. Like <laughs> yeah. he still had. Yeah. Uh, Tony, Tony, what you think? I mean, we kind of, I felt like as a group, we kind of thought this was probably what would happen. Mm-hmm. What do you think, either about the retirement or the fun about it got reported, and then he was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> that was funny because that's that's pure Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady wants to own <laughs> Tom Brady, right? It's like oh, I don't, I don't know. Nobody said that. I don't know said that. And then the very next day, I'm retiring. You know, um, I expected a little bigger <laughs> announcement or something. Maybe he was going to run something on a blimp or something like that. You know, the way he. I think I think he's being kind of took the the wind out of his sails a little bit. I think he was a little upset, but I I think when they reported that Saturday, he knew for sure he was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Doctor Liff uh, nailed it. Brady, he did it right. I, you know, he goes down. Now you're you're gonna as much as you know. You might have heard about. You know, everybody knows who Babe Ruth is, right? You may not know baseball, but you know who Babe Ruth is. True. Uh, you know, in football now and basketball, you know who Michael Jordan is. I, I I think now that that's Tom Brady. You're gonna know. You know, if you don't know football, you know who Tom Brady is. And so that's amazing. Uh, and and we got to be witness to it for a long time, but uh, uh, he just did something that no one else has done with. And it's not like he was, you know, the most talented quarterback coming out. And it's just a great story. It's a great story. So yeah, but I'm I'm not surprised. It was said last week. Two things you can do: you can win a Super Bowl and defend it. And he certainly was not going to win another Super Bowl with Tampa Bay going into next year, as the roster sits today, today with him on it. And so I'm with Lift there. He saw the writing on the wall and said, "I'm out. Peace." So I was just going to take a quick gander. Um, Let's see. Tom Brady finishes off his career tied for third. And this is this is ranked with NFL teams. He ties third all time in playoff wins with the Cowboys at 35 playoff wins. (laughs) Wow. The Cowboys are third on the list with 35 playoff wins as an organization. Wow. Since 1958. And Tom Brady did that in 22 years. Yeah. I mean. The Patriots have 37 playoff wins. Tom Brady has 35. So, <laughs> wow. There we go. Um, w- yeah. Here's go ahead, Tom. Here's something for the IT department. And this last thing I'll say about Brady. I wonder if the IT department could take Joe Montana's records with the 49ers and Steve Young's records with the 49ers and put them together and see what those playoffs and, uh, records are because that's comparable to what Brady did. I, I think so. Those two Montana together. had 16 play just as far as playoff wins. Montana had 16, so he's 19 away from Tom Brady. Well, how much does Steve Young have? How much I bet not young, 19, yeah. uh, not but that, 19. but closer, but still, it, it, nobody's gonna get close to him. Uh, Mahomes, no, that's what he's got some of those yeah. records that Steve's are got 14. Steve yeah, had 14, so yeah. 30 between the two of them, yeah. or 33, 19, and 14, 33, right? 33. So, and that's where Montana was, right? Montana didn't get the opportunity that Brady had to stay healthy and move forward. But again, 
he's Brady's Brady. We, we won't see that. We won't, I don't think we'll ever see that again. I, I, I don't. I, yeah. You know, Mahomes is the only one I think. We're living in a wonderful time of quarterbacks. Mahomes That's and true. Herbert might have a chance, but um, I, I don't well, have uh, that confidence. Well, that, that, speaking, team speaking of Mahomes, speaking of Mahomes, we might need to touch on him. Well, we obviously will touch on him. He might uh, – we, we got to call a spade a spade. He might have choked a little bit, but we'll get to that. So he wrote like what a what a 700-word essay on like his career, right? And how many yeah, times like – Eight slides on Instagram. Yeah, how many times did he mention a Patriot at all? Um, I believe zero. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Like that's, I don't know. I, I mean, that, I, I think that's weird. I think that's crazy. I don't weird. know. I mean, he kind of, weird. I think probably you're going to see, cause I think the reason they were pissed off that the ESPN report came is cause they're also doing their man on the arena. Yeah. And I think they, they did nine episodes and the 10th never came out. So I think the 10th was supposed to be like a whole hour long oh, retirement interesting, show. Interesting. And so I bet there was Patriot stuff in there. Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. but I, it was interesting to, to have that whole thing thinking everybody at Tampa Bay, thinking the staff and the coaches and the players and the fans and St. Petersburg. And then he didn't even mention yeah, the Patriots and Foxborough. That was, and he didn't do, I, he's officially, I, don't, I guess he still could theoretically sign the one day contract and retire a Patriot, right? Or is it, is that mm-hmm. done? Is, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Presumably he could, he could. but I, I think he'd have to I do that he after to. next year. Yeah. I kind of yeah, feel like he doesn't want, his Patriot jersey in Canton. Did Manning do that? Did Manning go back and retire? A no, I don't he. Think he I did. think he retired to Bronco. Um, yeah, and and uh, he may be buying the Broncos. We'll see. That's actually officially for sale now. Yeah. Ooh. Well, and he's think? in. He's in a group. Go ahead, Pop. Brady. Brady. Brady's. I mean, this is weird, but he's bigger than football in a sense. I mean, he he doesn't need yeah. to be. A, he's not a Patriot. He's Tom effing Brady. That's who he yeah, is. That's I true. Think. And I think that's I mean, the I way he think looks at right. it. Yeah. But it is yeah. weird to think all the Bucks, though. <laughs> yeah, he'll huh? yeah. he'll have he'll have a Patriots jersey in the Hall of Fame, though. I that the bust will be how he'll have a Patriots jersey on. We'll see, we'll see. I'm intrigued. Just now. no doubt. It did double check real quick, and LJ is 100 percent right that Peyton Manning spurned the Colts with a one day deal instead, deciding that he would retire with the Broncos after they tried to get him to sign a one year deal to retire retire Colts. Interesting. Uh, of course. As Tom Brady is in the news for his retirement, Bill Belichick finds a way to get in the news on accidentally <laughs> texting. Well, we have to also touch on the accidental text from Bill Belichick to the wrong Brian and now the huge lawsuit going on in the NFL. We got a lot, a lot to touch on. But first, real quick, let's get a word from our sponsor. My name is Mikhail, or as you say in West, Moiko. I would like to tell you about exciting new NFL sports team, Located in Washington, D.C. After years of deliberation, I am so proud to say the Reds are coming back to Washington. Go, comrades! All right. Um, Pops, I'll ask you, where do you want to start? Do you want to start AFC Championship or NFC Championship? AFC Championship. All right. Uh, let's talk a little Joe Burrow and and the, and the uh, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. So, I asked you this question first, Pops. Did did the, did the Chiefs choke? Yeah, I, I think they did. I, I mean, credit to the Bengals. I don't want to like not give credit to the Bengals, but no doubt. Chiefs choke. I, you know, I watched some of the highlights just a little while ago, and and I'm I'm impressed with Joey Burr. I mean, I like that guy a lot. The moxie that he showed in that game. True. But but I think that Kansas City really more lost the game than Cincinnati uh, won it. And I'm sure I'm sure the reasons will come up, but if you're if you're not sure, I can I can uh, fill you in. So 
I know I watched the game with Uncle Tony. We were watching it over at their house, and uh, there was a moment right towards the end of the first half oh my where God. the Chiefs decided to come back out. I didn't necessarily hate the decision of doing one that. more play, but the, the decision to throw it inbounds, and the whole time Uncle Tony's sitting there going, Points? Do they? Do we yeah. not like points? Three points? It'd be nice. It sure be nice. Well, and can, sure can I been too. can I back you up just a little bit? They they would have had a timeout there had they not uh-huh. called a timeout, then challenged a play. I mean, right. you know, you, I forgot about and, that. You and challenge a play, 80? and then if you win, you don't get charged a timeout. There was also some uh, poor I, – I wouldn't think that we were – if you would have told me before this weekend, before this past weekend, that the coach that I would be praising is Zach Taylor, the other three all kind of fumbled some challenges and timeouts. I, they, I mean, they did the same thing, and you're definitely right on Andy Reid blowing that – doing a timeout, then a challenge. What? It makes no sense. Well, let me, well, I wanted time. to ask you guys about that because I can see the thought process that you call a timeout, right, to give your people in the booth a little more time to review it and see if you want a challenge. But that is a gamble because you – But you better – if you, you challenge that after a timeout, you better be right. Well, even I mean, if you're right, yeah. you lose the timeout. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. you got to be quicker in the booth. You got to be quicker in the booth. You can't call a timeout to give the booth more time. I think the booth has to be whoever is on Kansas City's side saying, "Coach, you need to throw the red flag." Needs to make that decision quicker. I, I just yeah. don't think you can give them a timeout to to make that decision. How do they do? They get to. Do you, I mean, y'all pr- presumably know as much as I do, but do they get to see replays of the play like quickly, or are they waiting on the, you know... The, Who, like the booth? Like the coaches and stuff like that, yeah. The yeah. coaches may not... like Andy Reid is not... I mean, he's seen the replay when the stadium puts it up. Right. So, presumably being home field, he, he gets it really quick because they're wanting to make sure they get to see it. But the people up in the booth are getting to see it quick. I mean, they're they're okay. seeing it right afterward. But so that Andy Reid's kind of relying on someone up there going, that was a catch or that was not a catch or as a fumble, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, LJ, where do you want to... Where do you want to go... Do you want to talk about the that play, the play before half, or or, or kind of where, where do you want to start with that game? Well, I mean, I I will say that I think that that the that field goal was a complete missed opportunity, and I didn't understand the choice there outside of uh, a, a huge confidence in your team, which is cool. But um, otherwise, well, it, it was. Like a I mistake. think Andy Reid was going to pull the field goal team out, and Mahomes asked, like, "Hey, can we take? Let's try one more shot." So it was a. Okay, Mahomes, I trust you. And Mahomes well, and this is the probably earned that we trust, were, right? We were praising last week, right? That they were basically calling the end of the game last week on their own. And uh, and that's what we were praising about the Chiefs. But uh, Well, I will say I read that Andy Reid took responsibility for that play call, that, that bubble screen, if you will, to Tyreek Hill. Um, Reid acted like he called that play. But he called it, that, from what I've heard, and Mahomes said this, and Andy Reid might be doing, I think he did mess up a little bit. But he's also he's not like the Bruce Arians mindset where he just calls out his team on, on post game. I well, think he was yeah, both the guys we're talking about are going to take the blame. I mean, they're, they're but Mahomes said the, the the play was to throw it to Kelsey in the end zone, and Kelsey wasn't open. And where I think Reed screwed up, and he probably and I think what he alluded to a little bit is one Mahomes should have known. You just you a, a completion outside of the end zone is the lat. We don't need that. We either need throw it to the. 15th uh, row in the, quickly, in the stands. Because there's five seconds left. Or, or take that first shot. Or take that first shot if it's open. But Andy Reid, there's no – why even run above – like there's no reason Tyreek Hill should be there. Because like, yeah. you're just kind of – you're dangling that in front of Mahomes a little bit. And Mahomes I mean, wants you're to maybe pulling, You're pulling a safety down potentially or something like and that. And it did kind of work. The Bengals said they knew they liked to do that. And that's why they had two people out there mm-hmm. for that. But 
I mean, obviously it's a different topic if Tyreek Hill gets in, but I, I just, I think it was a bad call. And, and I know I'm, I'm typically a little more on the aggressive side and Tony's saying kick a field goal, but I mean, it's that field goal loses in the game, right, Tony? I mean, if he kicked that, I yeah. mean, there was other things that happened, but that was a huge, and then the offense stunk from that point mm-hmm. on really after dominating the first half. Yeah, that, that was a big deal. And so I, you know, and, and LJ said it right. Both of those guys are going to take the blame and that's the way that, that, team works uh we talked about it should be too yeah yeah they talked we talked about their communication last week how how much they have internally they know each other well that's that's the same thing there i so i'm going to make a baseball analogy and i've done this as a baseball coach you when you've got a pitcher on the mound and you're up and they're just mowing people down and, and you just can do no wrong and all of a sudden you've got their number four hitter up and you know it's a change up count it ought to be a change-up count, and you know you should throw it away from him. But they ain't touched it. I'm not worried about anything. Shit, throw the fastball. They can't touch it. Kaboom. Next thing you know, there's a there's a two-run dinger. Next, and now all of a sudden, things like oh, now we're we're touchable. I think yep. Kansas City. I think Mahomes had that, and and great players do that, right? They get into that untouchable zone. Every quarterback does it, and all of a sudden, Mahomes is thinking, well, wherever I throw it, we're going to be successful with it. He checks one. He didn't check this twice. He checked once, twice, third time. He went to Kelsey, and I don't remember which receiver it was in the back of the end zone he checked to, and then went to Hill. On that, he should have thrown it over Tyreek's head and said, let's take the three points, but he was just so – you call it overconfident if you want to, that whatever I do is going to be right. Well, well Cincinnati played that well. And uh, and so I think that was a problem there. And so they really needed to take that field goal. The second half was a completely different issue. Brand new, um, yep. yeah. brand new game. Yeah, brand new well, game. Well, I mean, listen to this, Tony. So, and this is, I know you know this, but just the number. So the first three possessions to build a 21-3 lead, the Chiefs went 11 plays, 84 yards, six first downs, touchdown. Seven plays, 75 yards, and then a touchdown. Eight plays, 72 yards, then a touchdown. Seven plays, 80 yards, and then that was when yeah. they didn't score at the end there. I mean, yeah. and they, it was a near perfect. There was like two incompletions by Mahomes, and one went off. I think both went off receivers' hands. One yeah. might have been thrown away. But it was perfect. And then from then Absolutely. on, the first five second-half drives, Kansas City totaled. 34 yards. Total 34 they, they yards. They went, I think, seven drives in the second half. And, and you were saying seven plays, 80 yards. It was seven drives, 80 yards. And I think two interceptions or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So to me. the second half. Yeah, it was terrible. So to me, the 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 series of the game was the first of the, fir- of the second half. For mm-hmm. some reason, you have all this confidence in the first half and they change their game plan. Uh, the, the whole first half. First read Tyreek Hill, second read Travis Kelsey, third read Jarrett McKinnon. All of a sudden, they were getting the ball to Jarrett McKinnon come hell or high water. And yeah. I, I don't know why they kept calling plays for him. And, and and Tyreek, once he cooled off, he was done. It's just like a thoroughbred. You get him hot, you run him. And and then next thing you know, Hill's like, well, and he's yelling at Miko Hardman, and they can't get things right, and now their communication is busted. They they changed their game plan for some reason coming out in that second half. Like, okay, we're going to protect the lead versus let's go smash these guys in the mouth. And I don't know why they they, they didn't do that. And to me, well, that, that first drive was the was was what turned the game. So real quick, I want to I want to take a step back and then go forward. But that we talk about Joe Burrow, and I'm we're not trying to call him Tom Brady. 
But I mean, he does have that. He does have that moxie to where the team feels like they're in it, right? That the team feels even down twenty-one to three. Like you know, we got a shot. We got that P Ron touchdown now, twenty-one to ten, right before half. We feel like we got a shot. And then to stop them before half, all of a sudden you go in the locker room, and the Chiefs should feel good. They're still like our one drive. We didn't score at the one, but the Bengals go in the locker room like we're all right. Like we played awful, and we are all right. We got number nine at quarterback. We just got to play a little better defense. And then that's where I want to go. And I know you kind of – you talked about the Chiefs play calling and I possibly there. But I got to get some – first off, Pops or anybody, do y'all know what the Bengals defensive coordinator's name is? Does no. anybody even know his name, his initials, anything? Because no. I didn't. <laughs> Lou Anarumo? Anarumo is, I believe, his name. And I want to shout out to him. I think he did a – I don't know if this was a game plan or an adjustment at halftime. I think it was a game plan. I think they they were okay going – we're going to allow some of these deep Tyreek Hill plays. We're going to see if we can stop it. We're going to allow one-on-one and let him do that. And then the second half, they blitzed three and dropped eight dropped all eight. game, played crazy conservative. Mm-hmm. And I think what they did is they baited the Chiefs because the Chiefs, when they kind of got things rolling here down the stretch, because they had that lull and it was because teams were playing those deep high safeties and making Mahomes check down. He didn't want to. And then when they got better, it's when Mahomes was feeling, okay, I'll check down. I'll, I'll take these. If you give it to me, I'll just take Kelsey all day long. I'll take all these check downs. Pringle, Hardman, whatever. And then he got like, oh, it's fun. We're back being the Chiefs again. We're throwing it all over the field. And then I think second half hit and the Bengals came out different. And Mahomes had time. He was back there just patting the ball, patting the ball, but he was he wouldn't check down. He kept trying to wait till something deep happened. And I think, I don't know for sure, but I think that might be the Bengals game plan. And if so, it like baited the Chiefs right into the Andy Reid Mahomes hole that they were in the first six weeks. Yeah. Pops, what do you think about that? Oh, Lee, I think you're right on because I think that's like Ollie Frazier. I mean, or Ollie uh, Foreman. I mean, he he they rope doped him in, in another way. They they mm. enticed because he looked these. broke in the second half, well, right? And I thought, and, and Tony, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Jarek McKinnon was really running the ball hard. He was he was he was catching the ball short, making some tough runs, and then they get they got away from it and just started throwing like you like I, I think Kevin, you're saying deep. And I think, you know, gosh, how many times did I see Mahomes running around in the backfield here and there having all this time, even getting sacked, with three or four rushers because everybody was back. I thought that was ingenious this by is the no-name defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati I want to give a shout-out to – and I wish CBS would have done it more. I want to give a shout-out to Cindy because she was saying this while we're watching. Cindy Green was watching it going, I wish they would show some more replays of the defense like because they must be covered up because Mahomes back there. You just assume – I know she's probably watched a lot of Chiefs games, and you just assume when Mahomes does that kind of spin and rolls out of the pocket, somebody, Somebody's Kelsey open. or Tyreek Hill, he's about to hit this 70-yard bomb, and it just wasn't there. And I, I don't know. I think they got into their heads. And, and then third quarter, I think they did come out a little conservative, Tony, and running. And they're like, all right, let's get back to passing. But they, they weren't ready to check down, and Mahomes got in his head. And then that – it was funny. The football gods have a funny way of humbling you so – 13 seconds is all it took for Mahomes to drive down there and get the field goal, right, to force overtime two weeks ago. Well, this past week, 13 seconds was all it took in overtime for him to throw an interception. It was a 13-second drive, three-and-out interception, and – the Bengals came back and won. I, what do you have anything to add to any of that, Tony? Or where, where do you go from some of that? Yeah, it's crazy. So we didn't talk much about Cincinnati. The two things I thought, and yeah. maybe it could tell us uh, the rushing yards for Joe Mixon first half versus second half. I, I thought it was great that Taylor never abandoned the run, and uh, they 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 kept feeding the ball to Mixon. He ended up with eighty eight yards, twenty twenty one carries for eighty eight yards. 
you'll take you'll take four point one or four point two from your your uh, running back every day uh, because it, it gives you the ball, it gives you more time, and it gives you that play action opportunity. And then the second thing is T Higgins. And, T and Higgins, a, yes, that's yes, the thing yes. about the Cincinnati Bengals that a lot of people don't talk about. Everybody talks about Jamar Chase, but man, last year as a rookie, T Higgins was in fuego. And he's how tall he's, is that guy? He looks uh, seven foot two, I think. It looked like um, <laughs> seven two. But uh, yeah, but he was catching a lot, and he he found the soft spots uh, in that Kansas City defense, and I. I, you know, my apologies out there for Prestige Worldwide. I know this was a tough one for him out there, but, um, you know, I, I just, uh, the T Higgins was the, you know, he was that guy. Chase got the touchdown at, uh, on a phenomenal play, but, uh, still T Higgins just kept catching big catch after big catch after big catch and they just didn't have an answer for him. And I think that made the difference. Well, and I think that might have been because you they lost Uzoma in the third, mm. second or third drive, and you thought that's yeah. really going to hurt him. And and T Higgins stepped up and was that guy. And so that, that might have been another you. game planning of they watched the Bills the last week where the Chiefs said we're not going to let Diggs win, and so they were like, all right, cool, uh, we'll, we'll have Jerry Rice on the other side. Yeah, we'll have Gabe Davis be Jerry Rice. And I think the Bengals were like they're probably going to do the same thing to Jamar Chase, and we'll just take those T Higgins fifteen yards, fifteen yards, yeah. fifteen yards. I, yeah. And then another thing. I think it was another game planning thing where I just got to give more shout out to the Bengals and their coaching staff. Joe Burrow had one time in his career going back to LSU had a third and six where he ran for a first down. Oh yeah. And you saw him over and over again, breaking plays and, and either break, getting a first down or getting away from Chris Jones. And I, I think that might have been part of the game plan. We're like, Joe, feel you run. If you have it, run it. Don't worry. Like go get your first downs because they're susceptible to that after it, watching Josh Allen do it. I mean, I know Burrow's not Josh Allen athletically. Yeah. But he has enough. He has enough to get you that extra time. <laughs> you look pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he figured out after getting sacked nine times the week before. You know, if I run the other way, I might be okay. <laughs> run. Well, I think run. I think they told him the offensive line is not. I mean, it's the same five guys rolling out there, so they're going to struggle. Two seconds. Move forward, Joe. Move yeah. forward. Have that clock in your head, and if it's if it's if it's two seconds, you either need to run forward or, or get out of the pocket. Something don't don't because that ain't gonna hold up. That Just like last me week of a tweet I saw this week, and I can't remember who said it, so I might look up the source or whatever. But uh, they said that the reason that screens work so well for Cincinnati is because defensive linemen just blast by the Bengals linemen and have no idea that anything was wrong. They don't detect any difference. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we give a lot of credit to Andy Reid when he does great and when he has his awesome quotes about the Grim Reaper, when things get grim, be the Grim Reaper, and he you know, won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. But Andy Reid has now lost five conference championship games as a favorite. That is the most all-time. No Hall of Fame coach has lost more games that he shouldn't than Reid, really. If you think back. Now, Reid's still a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he isn't, but it – it or something too. He could. They didn't adjust in the second half, and it, it perplexes me because I really like Andy Reid and I love Mahomes. But I, this isn't the first time we've seen some kind of fall off from them. It is funny though because you basically hit the nail on the head. They went in the halftime thinking, "Why adjust? What What do we need to adjust? Everything's working. Perfect. Literally, yeah. everything's so what working." What you want him to do in the in the locker room is tell him, "Hey, keep doing that," you know. And then the Bengals took it all away. So. It's hard to blame. I mean, you, you blame the coach for losing. You blame the team for losing. But but that's that's not exactly, you know, just normal situation where it's like, oh, no, no, you were getting your ass kicked and you continue to get your ass kicked. Yeah. And uh, Pops, I think it just goes to show. And, you know, we, we let off talking about Brady. And I think, it, you know, it 
Dynasties are hard, man. You know, oh, man. I mean, the it's... Chiefs have been to four straight AFC championships, <laughs> and they have one Super Bowl to, to claim for it. I mean, it's just yeah. tough, and it just kind of every time you see that, you're like, what the Patriots did with Brady. I mean, and it wasn't all Brady because you know, early in the year, earlier first half, there was a lot of defense, but dynasties are just freaking hard. Yeah. So. Bengals appreciate the Super Bowl because you, you might be have, back five years in a row. You might not. You got to have a little bit of luck. I mean, I'm, you you have oh, to have yeah. a, a good team and you have to have mm-hmm. good coaching. You, yeah. you you really need a, a good scouting department. You know, you need good players, but you got to have a little luck. I think to win a Super Bowl. Now, it, it is strange because Belichick and the Patriots had a lot of luck. Yeah. Apparently. You but. need a tuck rule every now and then. You need them to, <laughs> instead of handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch, you need to throw it on the one yard line. You need luck. You need some luck. You need some luck. <laughs> Yeah, they got a helmet um, catch against them, though, to keep them from going. Yeah, true. They also had to, they put themselves. That's, where that's what the Patriots did. Out, they, they put themselves in enough situations to where that yeah. luck. They, they had the bad luck and good luck, yeah. but they were at least in that I, situation a lot. I don't know any team out there that wouldn't take four straight AFC championship appearances. Oh, if yeah. You, if somebody's got a problem with that, they're, they need to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, it's just, man. They're good. Pops, I know I know probably NBC who's got the Super Bowl this year, they probably were a little bummed to be like, damn, we don't get Mahomes. We wanted Mahomes in that fun Chiefs offense. But the the NFL should be happy because there's a new star. He's already a star, but he's about to have two weeks where the where the world kind of falls in love with Joey Burrow. No quarterback, by the way, Pops, has ever won a Heisman, a national title, and a Super Bowl. Joey Burrow has a chance to do it all in a three year span if if he can win Sunday. Wow. Insane. Wow. Wow. Well, I know we're going to get to this. I don't think he's going to win this next Sunday, but, uh, <laughs> but you're damn right. He has got a chance. He's got a, He's damn sure got a chance. A little luck, maybe. <laughs> um, at the end of the game, I, I, now this is, this is tough for me to say because I, I, I don't speak ill words about uh, Tony Romo, but <laughs> at the end of the game, it seemed like he was just ready. Like the Chiefs got crossed to fifty. He was already like, "All right, give him a touchdown. Just give him a touchdown." <laughs> he his his takes a little bit. I thought he did fine in the game. I'm not saying he was bad during mm-hmm. the game, but that I didn't understand. He was so quick to just be like the Bengals should just just lay over and give him a touchdown and try to score an offense, get the ball back to Joey Burrow. What do you think, boss? Do you have any? any well, I, I, okay. Your argument is against that, right? Is is hold him to a field goal? Hold him to a field goal, right? I guess that's what you did at the before halftime. So you've already done it once. I, you know, I I guess I fell into the trap. I was thinking maybe you do because I sure want to give Burrow another chance with the football. I don't want him to to not have any opportunity to go to go score. Um, so I I thought that was at least a valid thought process. There's there is some other Romo hate going on where he does have a he does have a little bit and I think he's funny a lot of times but a lot of times when you kind of just like just let's let the crowd breathe and let Nance have his soothing voice you get Romo either making a joke and sometimes <laughs> the jokes land perfectly sometimes they don't but Romo talks a lot Tony has there been any issue where you're think Tony because we all love Tony Romo I think on this podcast but have we cooled off a little well, or now I I don't want to say that I love Tony Romo I I give Tony I will I will gladly I just want to make I, make sure it's on the record yeah. I love Tony Romo I give just Tony as a Romo, human being I give Tony Romo Tony Romo and Danny White in my opinion share the blame for the downfall of the Dallas Cowboys when they haven't been very good. So I, I, I give Don, Tony Romo all the credit for the reason the Cowboys haven't won 
in, mm, in playoffs in a long time. And it's the same way he calls, right? He does great through the regular season, but put him in the damn playoffs <laughs> and shit, he loses his damn mind. Mm. It's just like, okay, here you go. Great moment. <laughs> Don't fumble the freaking extra point, dumbass. Well, did you, did you and, catch? And guess what he does? Oh, they got it. They got to score here. They got to score. Would you shut up and just let the game come to you, Tony? I just, anyway. <laughs> It, it, it's is, no is Uncle Tony me. trying to figure out what power the ombudsman has, or <laughs> well, I, I think Tony I, Romo's getting on the Tony the Tony corner, and, and, and Uncle Tony wants to make sure that he's I, still top Tony. I didn't say I didn't like the guy. I just say you know, come I on. I don't know. Man. You didn't sound like you weren't speaking well, glowingly no, about. I, they should have <laughs> traded him four years before they did. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah, well. Yeah, so that's where I am with Tony Romo. Uh, those Tony are fair points. There are times Romo could let the game come to him. I will say that. He does talk a lot. There, oh, when so the, that's, when, that's a yeah. fair criticism. Yeah, when the game don't mean shit, he is fun to watch. And the game don't mean shit, he's fun to listen to. But other than that, I'm not really a Tony Romo fan. So just Well, there the was a cast. moment... There was a moment towards. I think you'd be funny on there. There is a moment towards the in overtime when the Bengals were just running it down the Chiefs' throat, and they were clearly going to get. They were set themselves up for at least a very makeable game-winning field goal. Which I mean, you got uh, McMoney over there <laughs> yeah. as, as kicker, McMoney Money McPherson. So all they got to do is cross the fifty, and he's 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 gold. Um, <laughs> but Romo made a joke, and Nance didn't even catch it. Did y'all hear? Yeah. He was like. He was talking about maybe kicking the ball on third down or something. He goes, well, you know, I just – you might try to kick the field goal before fourth because you never know. I've seen guys fumble snap or something. It can happen. And Nance didn't even catch it. And then it. Romo kind of goes, Jim, you didn't you didn't catch my joke there. I made a joke about not getting snapped. And Jim was like, oh, oh, I didn't even catch what you were doing. But it, it was funny. And he probably kind of forced it. But as a Cowboy fan, he's finally gotten over it. I was like, you know yeah. what? Well, that's funny. We can we can poke at ourselves. Finally don't, no, over it. I don't like need Uncle week, Tony poking but. me at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then before we move to the AFC, I do, since we're talking about CBS crew and how they – did did y'all watch uh, did y'all watch the halftime show? Yeah. <laughs> did Not you hear the halftime show? I was in like the yeah. national anthem at the beginning. Well, no, yeah, they already that screwed was- the national anthem up with the Shanti, and then so LJ they they set up. They wanted to be on site, you know. They they were there on the sideline with James Brown and and Cower and. Nate Burleson and Asaisen and Phil Sims. I think I've named all, but you know, so. they're all there. They're getting ready to go and they're getting ready. The Chiefs have a halftime performance for the ASC championship. And it's that I don't summer walk or summer something. He's the singer for that fancy like Applebee's oh, song. No. And they set the speakers for the halftime show. I kid you not 10 feet behind the CBS <laughs> crew. Right and it is so loud. <laughs> I mean, I had to quit watching. It was it was horrendous. It was terrible. That's amazing. So I stepped out on the back the back porch over at Tony's house, and I walked back in. And you know, Tony's got a nice little setup. There's some speakers there. And I thought maybe for halftime they don't really care about the halftime show, and they turn music. I thought I thought y'all turned music on. It was so loud. And, and then you finally hear that they asked. I think it was Boomer. They asked him something. He goes. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all might have made this point, but I can't hear a word you're saying. But Mahomes really needs to. I mean, it was so funny. I I don't know if you guys watched Stephen Colbert, but Colbert had it on last night on his show, and they were making fun of him and say, "Well, you couldn't. You could have had a worse weekend than CBS." And they cut to it, and it said it's the first time there was a halftime show that was the same as trying to talk to a girl at a nightclub. And, uh, yes. uh, it was hilarious. 
So you want to go home? Oh, you've had enough of me. Give me your phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. You hilarious. can tell all five guys. They're trying. Like at the beginning, I think they try to push through it, and they finally like. Obviously, it's clear to the viewer. It's clear to us. No one can hear a damn word we're saying. And James Brown finally goes, you know what? We're just going to – there's nothing else we can do here. We're just going to toss it to break. We're just going to toss it out to the break. Wow. At least, at least let our sponsors – at least you'll hear our sponsors. Yeah, I, you can't hear us. I encourage, I encourage the ombudsman to send his resume to CBS Sports because they need a new producer after <laughs> Sounds those. Sounds like they well, need a sound guy. I hate <laughs> that. That, that has to just be a miscommunication between Arrowhead and them because – I just I can imagine as they're rolling out the speakers as someone who's like behind yeah. the scenes, <laughs> yeah. a producer director going, "Oh shit! Wait, what? Wait, that wait. is a huge speaker <laughs> that they're putting directly behind Bill Cower." Wait, 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 wait. What is that? Wait, wait, wait. Where are the walls? Where are the walls, man? Put up the I walls. Think the sound guy for the Walker guy that was playing is probably going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like just his hands <laughs> He's like, watch this. Hey, hey, I know we're about to have a performance, but turn on CBS real quick. Like, watch hey, your halftime show. I need a few more Twitter hits. I need a few more Twitter hits. Point those. Here's where you point those speakers. Oh, so um, good. All right, so so we got Joe Burrow and the hot, hot Bengals going into playoffs. But as Pops just told you, they ain't gonna win. Ain't we gonna got win. Let's, talk, let's talk about the Rams 49ers. Uh Pops, I we'll start with you just because you picked the Rams to win the NFC championship months ago. So uh what were thoughts on the game? Good game. Wow, thoughts on the game. You know, it was back and forth. You were waiting on that mistake, and I mean the mistake Jimmy G made it. Uh, well, they both made it, just one of them picked up the ball, yeah. Well, it, God, Stafford threw that ball directly. Jowiski Tart, Tart, I think yeah. is his name, or yeah. Tart. And he, I'll give Tart some credit. He could have easily, especially with like the way the post games are with COVID now, like it's easy to just kind of hide and not, not mm-hmm. be out there. And he came and did the post game presser and said, like, you know what? I had the play that everyone dreams on and, and I, I just dropped it. He owned up to it. But man, I don't know what Stafford was doing because, but pops, I, you're probably talking more about Garoppolo waiting yeah. on that mistake. But yeah. Stafford also yeah. this year has been prone to be, and he made the mistake and it just, it didn't happen. He didn't catch it. Just drops it. Well, and I really think that an interesting kind of perspective on that with you bringing that up more is that when Garoppolo did that little underhanded throw that was the last interception, it was, was that Carson Wentz or Garoppolo? Well, it was tell. Garoppolo, but, but it was third and 13. I was kind of wondering There's what was the game, what was going on. He he needed to try something. He had to I do mean, something. Agreed. He had to do something. So that while that was ill-advised, I mean, in a sense, it wasn't as bad as what Stafford did in the game. Well, I don't want to – just because – and this isn't just to shame Jimmy G, but uh, that drop pick by Tart was at the 10-minute mark, and the the Rams went on to get a field goal to tie it up 17-17. The next drive, Garoppolo throws a ball that Jalen Ramsey drives on and should pick it should off at the 7-minute mark and just drops, and drops it. it. So, yeah. as much as the 49ers would say if we caught that, we'd have won. The Rams also dropped a pick at 7 minutes yeah. that probably would have – won the game had they not already. I mean, they did end up winning. But uh, yeah. you go know, ahead, Pops. Were you about well, to say Well, I remember writing answer? this note down, and what was it? It was the third quarter, 11-19 left, and I said, is Aaron Donald playing? I haven't even heard his name all day. Now, he did he did start showing himself up in the second half, but I know from the first half Fourth and into quarter, the third yeah. quarter, I was like, where the hell is Aaron Donald? <laughs> Hadn't heard his name at all. Well, LJ, you know who was playing? 
That man, Von Miller. Von Miller might win Super Bowl MVP. Where, where are his odds Playoff for Super Bowl MVP? Vaughn, I'm telling you guys. It's a different <laughs> animal. The Broncos hadn't seen him because they can't get him there. <laughs> he he looked great. LJ, where do you want to go? I mean, maybe you just want to talk about Von Miller for three minutes. So that's fine. <laughs> but where do you want to go with the game? What, what, what's your, what's your well, thoughts? I want to take some of the heat off of Jimmy G. I mean, I, yeah, okay. I think you've got it. You've got to try to make a play there. I think if he takes that sack, that's pretty devastating. It's not the end of the game necessarily, but damn near. Um, and that defense was swarming him. I mean, yeah, Von Miller, everybody, they were swarming him. I mean, he, when was he going to get a better shot than falling on the ground for the rest of the game? It just wasn't going to happen. So I hate that that's the way his game ended, but it was really fun watching that, uh, watching both of those teams just perform, man. Debo is the man. He is, I, I, if anybody doesn't want Debo on their team, they don't know football. Uh, that's just a fact. That guy's a football player. (laughs) Wow. And it was a cool moment watching OBJ come over and, and talk to Debo while he was sitting there crying on the, on the bench. I think he was crying. I don't know, but you know, feeling it on the bench, uh, uh, it's cool. Well, and you understood why Debo probably felt. I mean, because that dude plays so yeah. freaking hard, runs so yeah. hard. I mean, just gives it his all. Yeah. And and to lose sucks. And that that was cool to see OBJ after the game go. All right, well, I'm gonna pause the celebration real quick because I gotta go. Shout out to number 19. Yeah. That dude is a that is a baller. You think he was there. saying, "Hey, don't go to Cleveland. Don't go to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how much they offer you if don't Baker's there." <laughs> Don't do it. And I want to say, since y'all brought OBJ up, I mean, he's relevant again. I mean, this guy, Very relevant. you know, he, he is a good football player, and we hadn't seen this for years because of whatever the situation was at Cleveland. And uh, he added something to the Rams and and helped them in that game. I, did he have 100 yards? I think he may have. Yeah, he close. had uh, 113. nine catches or something. 113. Nine catches, 113 yards. I got to yep. say, though, I'm like split on OBJ right now. Like, I, I think like the players need to to grab more power. You know, it's it. I hate the way that the owners and the players relationship works. But the way that he left Cleveland and and now it's it's like, look at look, at, he did it. You know, this is perfect. He's a hero. He's he's a great player. You know, it's he's a shining light, you know, and I just feel like that's the wrong way to do football Um, to, to force your way off of a team to end up on the. NFC champion winning team. I just, I, I think it's a bad look for us to celebrate OBJ, but also, uh, you know, screw the owners. So I guess I, I don't know how mad to be. I'm, I'm very split on OBJ to be completely honest with you. Well, I mean, it just wasn't working. I mean, from the get go, it wasn't working at Cleveland. Like I, I kind of understand getting out of there. I don't know. I, yeah, but the way I get you what you're saying. Though. Like the, 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 like not showing up to practices and the, uh, you know, all the social media bullshit. And I mean, it's just constant, like non-football. Well, stuff. it's like, it's Antonio I, I wonder, Brown at, uh, at the, the Raiders. Are we cool with that? Is that good? Well, when, when OBJ wasn't showing to practice though, I, be, I believe the Browns asked him not to show up to practice. And this well, could be, that could have been, show to practice? right, right. It, 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 now it's just, it's story. Like who, who <laughs> did the Browns, was he being bad in the locker room or not? I have no idea. None of us do. We weren't there, but and it becomes narrative of obviously OBJ claims that he was even at, even without getting the ball, he was always in there working hard. I I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, right, but, all I'm trying so to I get say your is the man's got skills. He's got and some they're skills. Again, they're once again on display. I, that, I mean, I I think you're right in some of the things you're saying, LJ. But I'm just saying his skills are on display again. Yeah, and you're he's got damn some. right about that. Yeah, I saw something. I I can't find the stat. Uh, it was ESPN had it or NFL Live, one of them on ESPN, but. But Stafford to Odell Beckham in the playoffs is like a ninety three percent completion percentage Damn. for out of like out of twenty completions to him. I think they've had like fourteen first downs. So, I mean, he's been money in the playoffs, and 
Ed Warder tweeted out this, and Stafford, on third down, just find your best player. Stafford has thrown 11 third down passes, nine of them on Sunday at least, targeted Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham. He knows where the bread is buttered, and I don't blame him because that. while we're shouting out uh, Odell Beckham, Tony, I, you said it in our text thread, just, just where do you want to go with Cooper Cup? Because that man is <laughs> man. awesome. He's the best player in the NFL. I'll, I'll just say it right now. He's the best player that in the NFL. That might be bold, but I don't I'm I'm not right. right. I don't know. Yeah, retired, because, right? so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for, from a position player, the best player in the NFL. And we yeah. talked about Aaron Donald. It, it, you know, he's not necessarily that guy anymore. Um, just barely. But he still has a presence. So t- just a couple things on this game. And, and first of all, I finally won a parlay with the last game of the day. Uh, it took to where there was all, it was finally just two games for me to get it, but, uh, I finally got some parlays on the last, last, last game of the day. But, um, so to this, so, so Odell first, Odell, I want to talk about Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, and then the Rams defense. So Odell Take Beckham, Odell Beckham, I think has finally gotten his role to where he is the number two in the offense. And so the Rams, they've been looking for that number two for the last couple of years because, you know, they had Brandon Cooks and then Cooper Cup when he was his first year or second year, and and and, and Cup was the two. And, and then they traded Brandon Cooks and got Robert Woods, and then Robert Woods is the one, and, and it's a one and one A, and they don't do as well. But now Cup is the one, mm. right? He is the one receiver, and now Beckham is the two. But he's a hell of a two. And so accepting that role and, and LJ, I agree with you. What happened in Cleveland in his last, last few games at the Giants? He was trying to be the one. And there, the one in Cleveland, uh, was, um, uh, Nick Chubb. And, True. and so, and, and so in the, at the Giants, when they got Saquon Barkley, Beckham was no longer the one. And so he finally, it looks like to me, that he figures out, hey, for me to win this big game or for me to be relevant, maybe I don't have to be the one. I can be the two. And so, and the two, he's phenomenal. And he's accepted that role and he's grown the offense. If he stays there and can handle it, I think he'll do very, he'll do very well wherever he goes next year. <clears throat> but as long, but, uh, cause he's still a rental player. Uh, but so, so Odell Beckham is probably the, he's probably the best number two receiver. Uh, in the league, and we just talked about T. Higgins. I think Odell Beckham is probably that guy right now. Uh, but Cooper Cup, dude, when you need a play, there he is. It just how does this guy get open? If I'm sitting on the field, I said, "Hey, where's ten? Three guys go on that side and cover ten. Find him, stay on him. I don't get. They're going to throw to him. If they don't throw him, thank God we can tackle the other guys. We can't <laughs> tackle this guy." It's us on the sideline. Only thing you can do for Cooper Cup is just push him out of bounds. Uh, he's just playing at that kind of level. Just an um, just an amazing player right now. He is in a zone. It's like it, it, he's in a Michael Jordan type zone right now. He's breaking every freaking record there is for a single season for a receiver. He's just gone ballistic. It's it, the only only receiver I've seen have a better year from from first game to last game is Randy Moss. Randy Moss just had a phenomenal year with the Patriots that one year, and just just could, you could, just couldn't stop him. But he didn't have the game that Cup had, and so because uh, Moss was just out jumping and out running everybody. Cup is just running great routes and block. Amazing. So do you have a doing. do you have a uh, what what makes Cup so good to you? You he know just, he, he's strong. He's physically strong. He, as 
as my Irish friends, he's wiry. He's a wiry young man. Deceptively but, uh, athletic. Deceptively athletic. Well, I, he's no Julian Edelman. I won't say that because, you know, you know, Julian all said, but he's so much better than that. He's he's fast. He runs great routes and he's physical. He, he's got all three packs. You know, if you look at Debo, who's physical and fast, but not necessarily best route runner. Um, but Cup does it all. And so he can, can I, play. Can I throw one other accolade on Cup? He sure. got great hands too because he has uh, yeah. caught 76% of the targets that have come his way. He's I don't know many hands. other that can can there compete with that. And Guy's that's with defense is focusing that's, on that's all true. the time they can't stop. Absolutely. It's a great pull. That that you know, I I've never heard a five tool player mentioned in in the in football, but he's as close to it as you're going to get. And so he's to me he's you know, the best player. You got to get him the ball and and they did it. They got it to him 11 times. This is crazy. Just crazy, and you know, um, Peyton Manning actually. They they talked during one of the Manning cast. Uh, Manning was talking. It was during maybe the Monday night game when the Rams are playing the Cardinals. But they they were talking about Cup and trying to figure out what makes Cup so good. And Manning kind of said this, and it, he was trying. It wasn't necessarily. It was a little bit of the you know white receiver, deceptively athletic, great routes, good hands, you know, whatever. But he also said, and it was an interesting point. He goes, sometimes when the guy's not. Like he doesn't have that next level speed and and can burst and stuff. You just always know how fast he is. So it's so every time you lead him, it's always perfect. Whereas an Odell Beckham can turn it up sometimes, and you accidentally underthrow him because he's faster than you realize, or he jumps higher. And so he was like, "Cup, you know exactly where he's going to be every time on every route, and it's it's easy to hit him." And Stafford is a timing guy, and yeah, it's clear those two have a serious connection. And then. Odell Beckham's not the best receiver on that team, but by God, having him at number two is dangerous. And they're doing all this without Robert Woods. I mean, Robert Woods, in that moment, I don't know if y'all saw, there's a clip of him and Cooper Cup at the end of the game just hugging each other, and they were both crying, and and Robert Woods is like, I love you, man. I love you. Everything you've done the past three years, we've been working. We've gone through all the ups and downs. It it was really cool to see, especially knowing that Robert Woods isn't able to play because he tore his ACL. So. Yeah. And I, I said all that about the office, but the last thing I'll say here, because I know I've talked to him, we're going to move on. He, uh, Dr. Lift said it earlier. Where was Aaron Donald? And th- this was the great game plan that the Rams came in with. Aaron Donald, instead of being an up the field player for the three quarters, was a run stuffer. He stayed on the line of scrimmage and made again, it had a, he was taken on double teams. That is the worst rushing performance that San Francisco has had probably you, all year. Tony, uh, do you know what Elijah Mitchell's stats were? He he averaged eleven he, carries for twenty yards, less than two yards a carry. One point eight. It was terrible, and that's and that's the Forty ers that we've all yeah. talked about. They run over everybody. Yeah, and and that's where it is. And and so, Liff, you called it. The reason you didn't hear Aaron Donald is because they made a conscious decision to play defense differently than they had played against the Forty ers Obviously, for seven different times because yeah. <laughs> they were six and zero against him coming to this game, <laughs> and he sat on the line of scrimmage and played like a nose tackle, and he took on blockers and they stuffed the line of scrimmage, and their linebackers made plays. A, what a great decision! We were talking about the Cincinnati um, defensive coordinator. Is it who's it? Um, it uh, LA? Is Raheem it Morris. Raheem Morris. Yeah, yeah, former head coach. He <clears> might we'll get talk some about. Buzz. We'll talk about black coaches and black coordinators probably in a little bit, but he's one. He coached his ass off. He's he's been a head coach before and probably needs another shot. 
Um, I, he may have been the guy before Bruce Arians at Tampa Bay. I Indeed. could be wrong. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Okay. Um, he's got it. He's got a shot. But what a great game plan! And they really shut that that run game down for for uh, for the 49ers. And to me, that was the difference in the ball game. Poss, if I'd have told you Jimmy Garoppolo went sixteen to thirty, two hundred thirty yards, two touchdowns, and a pick, you probably assume the 49ers win that game, right? If I'd have told you that last week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would, that's, I would that, have thought, yeah. Well, you would but, think, but, but, but they only had play, fifty then. yards rushing overall, right? And I think, well, that's where I think that's where I think the Rams said we'll let that's Garoppolo. Right. He's going to get some yard, and I think that's where Tony's going. They're saying we'll let yeah. Garoppolo. He's going to have a decent game. He's going to play good, but we're not losing to Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel. And Garoppolo is going to make those mistakes when it matters, yeah. at least one or two, and that's all we need. And and it worked yeah. out. Now we've been praising a lot of coaches here. Um, Time to time for me to I gotta shit on Kyle Shanahan a little bit here. Um I think he's awesome. He's a really good offensive mind. I I, I think he's a great coach. He had a he is a big reason why the 49ers, I think they were three and five at one point, and they turned it around and were a couple plays away from being at the Super Bowl again this year for the second time in three years. But but he has a serious fourth quarter issue going on. Dating back to we all know the offensive coordinator was on the Falcons, the twenty eight to three, Patriots come back and win. And then in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, they were up 21 to 10 and they ended up losing that game. And then we saw this week they were up by uh, 10 points, I think. And then they end up losing by three. Um, just in, the, in those three games, those are, the, those are the last three playoff losses that Shanahan's been a part of. They've been outscored 61 to zero in fourth quarter and overtimes. Wow. 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 That's not a, just a one game thing, that's starting to be a trend. And I don't know. I, I think he's a great coach. I would love him. I'll trade big doofus for him right now. But there is an issue with him in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I don't. Do you have? Is there anything that we can glean from it, or just he's got to figure some some demons out? I don't even know how to take that. That is. That's. I don't even know what to make of that. Honestly. <laughs> and then I I didn't like his decision fourth and which I guess maybe maybe I'm about to be uh, hip, or I'm about to step on my own thing because. I thought he should have went for it. Fourth and two from like the 45, he decided to punt. I kind of thought he should have went for it because they're a power team. But, Tony, I mean, we just sat there and talked about how they've been shutting the run down all game, so maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't like – I looked this up. Debo Samuels did not touch the ball from the 12-minute mark of the fourth quarter. He never touched the ball again. And we just talked about how the Rams – Stafford's like, I'm going to get the ball to Cup and OBJ over and over and over and over and over again. And the 49ers didn't get the ball to Debo. I, that's that's your well, guy. I mean, did y'all feel like I did? If Debo got the ball, I just didn't – one man for sure is not tackling him, and mm-hmm. it, maybe three yeah. aren't. I mean, Debo was yeah. amazing when he gets the ball. I'd, I'd have fed I, yeah. him. I'd have fed him. Yeah. It it was it was perplexing to me. I just don't – and then even on that last, last drive where Garoppolo – I'm not blaming Garoppolo for that pick because it was third and 13. I mean, you got to – Got to make something. He had Aaron Donald. He had the best defensive player in football on him, like literally grabbing him. Um, but they didn't have to just air it out. They could have stuck to their their guns and thrown a screen to Debo, like you were saying, Pops. I mean, he he was busting eight-plus every time he touched it on those screens. So why not try one? I, I don't know. I just didn't – Shanahan has some issues. I think they need to figure out. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for Dr. Lift because I don't I don't think the, the Lutheringer brothers are going to know the answer to this. <laughs> All right, so worst worst drop in the playoffs. <laughs> Jackie Smith. <laughs> Jackie Smith or Tart? 
Still Jackie uh, Smith, Jackie right? Smith sure came to, to mind. <laughs> Still Jackie Smith. I don't Smith. even know what we're referencing. That's what I thought. Okay. For those good. listeners out there, uh, for the older Swedes that are out there listening, <laughs> yeah, you'll know that that's Roger Staubach to Jackie Smith who dropped that in the back of the end zone. Yeah. You'll know it. That that's yeah. the, that's still <laughs> they're the sitting worst there nodding drop, their right? head right now, aren't they? Telling they're, they're yeah. just going, yep, yep. Tart had that catch. thing right there, and he dropped it. So so I hope I don't know if Jackie Smith's still alive or not, but if he is, he needs to get call Tart and say, "Hey, bud, it's okay." <laughs> you okay, don't have the worst. Whew. We need to talk. We need to talk some uh, Super Bowls. So and we're not going to go crazy on this because you know we got a whole we, we got. Ten plus days before we get to the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll talk about it more next week. But just real quick, pops, I think we already got you. Oh, we, you well, what's you, the line? I know we got to pick against the, the line. The line is Rams minus four and a half. It is dropping. That's where we're sitting. Getting bigger. It's, it it started. What did it start at three? Four. Three and a half. Started. Four. Okay. So four and a half. Now it's moving towards Rams. Pops, you're, are you, I know you said Rams going to win. Would you take that line right now? Yes, I, I, I'm going to take that line. Now, here's the thing. Cincinnati believes they can win. They have so much confidence. And, and, and Tony, I'm, I got to give credit where it's due. Tony called this. Yeah. You know, they're they're too dumb to realize they shouldn't win, <laughs> I think. You know what? They're too young and naive. So they can. And I like Joey Burrow. But I'm look at the rosters up and down. Look at the defense. Who's who's got the better defense? Who's got the the, the better well, the re, better receivers? There might be some argument there. I would still say yeah. the better quarterback, at least the more experienced quarterback. Uh, better it, running back. It, Bengals it, have that. You know, the, the, maybe the better running back. But I'm just the, the Rams have a better roster. I believe. Who's got the better the quarterback? I, I mean, I think the Rams do. Rams probably do. for experience is is the only reason I would say that because I do think Joey Burrow is going to be a guy. To be reckoned with, but I, I would give the edge to Stafford because of because of his longevity. LJ, where do you where do you sit? Uh, I okay. So last week I said that I was tired of picking uh, <laughs> against Burrow and Mahomes and losing, and then one of y'all said, "Well, you'll get it right this week because they're playing each other." And I still found a way to get it wrong. So, um, <laughs> so you know what? I'm just gonna ride it out. I just think that that there's no way that defensive or that offensive line can stop anybody on that Rams defense. I think Burrow is going to be on his back a lot. And I think that the Rams pull this off by more than four and a half points. I'm pretty confident in that. So I'm going to keep picking against my boy. And if I'm wrong again, <laughs> I'll go down knowing that I try. <laughs> hey, so I realized that should tell me that the Bengals are definitely going to win. Yeah. Like they're definitely covering at least because LJ's wrong every time. Hey, Von Miller and, and Aaron Donald are going to be like nine sacks. Hold my beer and watch this. That's what they're going to do. I mean, yeah. Tony, my, Tony, what do you what do you think? Hold my beer. I love that. <laughs> um, uh, so my my quandary here is all year long. You know, looking at things, the AFC has been beating the NFC consistently. However, we have said all year long that the NFC West is the strongest division in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, strongest division in football, and the AFC AFC North was one of the weakest. Um. Uh, with that, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. <laughs> and, and the reason for that is I think AFC versus NFC. I, I think Cincinnati over the last four weeks has probably faced far, uh, hard or three weeks has faced harder competition than the Rams have uh, in order to get that. Because honestly, the Bucks were down two receivers. Uh, the Rams, uh, you, you know, weren't running the 
not that powerhouse on offense. Uh, Cincinnati has weapons, and if they're all playing together, I, I, I have a concern that the Rams are going to get in a track meet. And, uh, you know, it's just like betting horses at Oakland. You know, you, you want that closer not to get into that speed race at the front with that guy, that that one horse that's going to run for three or four lengths as hard as it can try to keep up with it. I think the Rams may get caught up in that, and uh, and Cincinnati ends up uh, beating them. I, I'm going Cincinnati. Give me four and a half. I'll take Cincy today. Now, next podcast, I may have a different – I get one yeah. more. We get all get another shot at this. Well, we're allowed next week. Right we'll now. see the lines, and if we have to hedge our bets a little bit, we can. Uh, That's right. I think. I think I'm. Um, I'm really excited about the matchup. I think it's gonna be yeah. fun. I, I think. Yeah. I think it's gonna be great. I'm excited to see it. But I just. I think that front four for the Rams are gonna cause hell for Joey Burrow. And I just don't, I don't know how you overcome it. I, I, and he, and I've been, I said that same thing two weeks in a row now and I've been wrong. So we'll see. I guess last week we actually had the, we had the Bengals to cover. So we were right. But yeah. I just, I think it catches up to him a little bit, but let this game be one possession or close in the fourth quarter. And that closer on the Bengals, he, he is somebody to reckon with. So I, I, I hope, I just hope to get a great game. I know that y'all do this. Yeah. Game, yeah. So. Yeah. I'm actually, this is the the Super Bowl I'm most excited about in a long time because I just don't, there's not like a downside in in who wins this game. I'm happy for either winner, really. Well, and I do want to take a second to just to, this is, I want to talk to the Bengals fans and the Chiefs fans here. First to the Chiefs fans, Prestige, I know, uh, Prestige Worldwide, if you're listening, it, it can seem like everyone's hating your team and rooting against your team at times. Embrace it. That just means you're winning yeah. a lot, and we're sick. We're sick of how much it shouldn't be this awesome for your fan base. So embrace it, and that's fine. And then for the Bengals fans, I want to say enjoy the Super Bowl because we mentioned off the top. I know right now you're sitting there going, Joe Mixon's still fairly young. Jamar Chase, yeah. Joe Burrow. We're probably going to get our offensive line better. Any other team in the league. The defense should be good. We're only getting better. This is the first of multiple. Maybe. <laughs> The, the the Oklahoma City Thunder thought that too, and they had three MVPs, and all three of them left, and haven't and they haven't been there since. So it just sports has a way of changing quick. So enjoy the Super Bowl, which I have a, I have a, a bet that uh, Cincinnati fans will enjoy the hell out of the Super yeah. Bowl. So, um, all right, now we need to touch on um, I, I here. Let me give you a tease. I'll, I'll give you a tease before we go to our sponsors real quick. Did. Did Bill Belichick get so tired of tormenting the New York Jets that he decided he would ruin the Giants franchise as well with a accidental text? More right after this for more from our sponsors. Over the last few months, I've been uh, scouring the internet looking for community. And I actually made a couple of friends way, way out yonder. Met a feller named Michael from uh, Moscow. He turned me on to this uh, new kind of sports casting, community sharing application on your telephone called ColorCast. ColorCast is a place where you can sit down and stream stats of the game as you listen to your favorite broadcasters tell you all about it. Why don't you go on over there and give it a look? Brand new application. We'll be looking out for you here. Fired Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL, alleging racist hiring, among other things. 
Uh, basically, and LJ, you've read some of this yeah. too. Both, all y'all have, so correct me. I'm, I've kind of I've read over everything, but it's this happened. We're recording this Tuesday night, and so the, the lawsuit came, I think, around five hours ago. So there's could be something I'm missing, but basically, Flores interviewed or had an interview set for the Giants mm-hmm. and got a text message from Darth Vader himself, Bill Belichick, <laughs> congratulating him on getting the New York job. And and Flores is like, uh, well, thanks, coach. I, I hope I get it. But do you know something I didn't? And he was like, well, I've heard they've already made their decision and they're going he's to you. I heard the Giants and, and the Bills think that you're the guy or something like that. Interesting. You mentioned the Bills. Right. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And then he said, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. And then Belichick goes, got it. Mm-hmm. And so then Flores hits him with the text that he goes, um, coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dayball? Just making sure. And uh, we put the E on this podcast so I can re- I can read you a Belichick's response. He said, sorry, I fucked this up. I double checked and I mi- I misread the text. I think they're naming Dayball. I'm sorry about that. BB. So he told it. So basically what Flores is saying the Giants already knew they were hiring Dayball before they interviewed Flores, which they have to interview a coach of minority for the Rooney rule, which there's an argument that, that the fact that you even have to have a role in to interview a minority is already a problem. But uh, Flores is saying there's racist hiring. He says that he interviewed for the Broncos co- job too, and that the Broncos owner and GM, or I don't even know if they have an owner, but he said Tom, John Elway came in looking disheveled, like he may have been drinking the night before and stayed up really late. And that the interview was not really an interview. It was just a cross the name off the list. So they had a minority coach. LJ, does some of that line up with what you've seen? I know he's also upset with the Dolphins for some other things, but yeah, that all totally lines up with what I've seen. I will say, uh, and not really in defense of LJ or in of Elway, LJ, Um, not really in defense of Elway, (laughs) but, uh, but apparently that's just how he looks all the time. (laughs) But that does sound true. That does sound like what, what has been uh, put out there by Flores. And, uh, and I do think that, uh, you know, part of the problem is that, that they knew they wanted Vic Fangio um, pretty darn early in the process. Um, And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, it's it, why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty terrible that, that we have these, these sham interviews for black coaches. That's, that's a pretty terrible way to, to run any business. Honestly, pops, I want to know where you think on this. And, and the part that really steps out to me is there's a part in the article where, or in the lawsuit, the statement, I guess, where Flores says something along, I'm paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of, I understand this could mean that I, I I think he says like I'm a great I think I'm a great coach I love coaching it's my passion and I understand by filing this lawsuit I'm sacrificing my chance at maybe getting a future job but my but this is more important of getting getting the coat black coaches more opportunities that they deserve um, so the fact that he's willing to knowingly say something that because when I first read it, I was like does he want a job because you're going after a lot of NFL owners and there that's a circle that they don't usually once you burn them. They kind of stand together. So, I, what, what's your thoughts on some of this? Well, if the first thing that came to mind is he's he's Kaepernicking. You know, I'm afraid that he's going to get put in that category. I mean, Kaepernick was certainly a talented guy, and because of a very uh, a stand that bothered a lot of of owners, he's no. I mean, he hadn't had another opportunity, and and I'm I'm afraid that could happen uh, with Flores. And, and the only I, these are just initial thoughts. The other initial thought that came to me is, is I guess the Rooney rule, it, it certainly is, is good intentions. Uh, I don't think it's working like Mr. Rooney wanted it to work, but I would say if, and I've said this before, 
if I owned an NFL football team and I wanted a certain coach, I truly believe color would not come into my equation. But if I wanted a certain coach, I'm hiring the coach I want to hire, whether he's black, white, or Puerto Rican. You know, it doesn't matter. And and I'm going to hire the coach I want to I want to hire, regardless of his color. And so you're kind of saying the same thing. So they interviewed Dayball and they love Brian Dayball. They're like, this is our coach. But they the interview with Brian Flores, it's almost like it sucks for both parties because they know they don't want. Well, and, and, and Flores said something about he went, he sat through a quote, extensive interview process. I mean, did it, so he did, I'm, I'm assuming he thought he still had some opportunity to get the, the job. If, if he would, well, in the text with Bill Belichick, he said, that's the job he wants. So he wants the giants job. So I guess he knew that Dayball had been hired, but he went on on the interview and went, went through the whole interview process, just hoping. Right. Maybe hoping yeah. that Bill just hoping had a wrong. check was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, Tony, t- it's I mean, a tough call. I, I'll be, I, I'm worried about what that means for Flores' future, but I mean, somebody probably needs to well, bring attention to this matter. Coach we all like. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we all think deserves a job. I think what, so. what it could mean. Pops is is maybe that Belichick. I could. It wouldn't shock me if Belichick goes. Or I'll bring you back as DC, and you kind of because Belichick's I mean, a little. What? I know where he's going. What do you mean? Where Where is he going? Well, he's going to end up. So there's a head coach at a football team with an owner that hates the NFL. Um, that has been screwed by the NFL quite a bit. Uh, they moved to Vegas recently. They hired a coach already. Yeah, but they could use a DC. I think. Oh, and that, that head coach knows Flores pretty well. Oh. Oh, I, I, so I like where he's going to be at. a job, job. I don't think, but he probably isn't going to be a head coach. You're saying the Raiders. You're saying just for for anyone not connecting Vegas the dots. Raiders. You're saying McDaniel's, who coached with them at New England, could bring him in as DC, and which I, I think they're Martin actually going to hire. Who's Wink got a Martindale. big middle finger for uh, Goodell anyway? I think they're going to the hire Wink Martindale from the Ravens. True. Actually, as their yeah. as their maybe that does make sense. But uh, Tony, uh, yeah, we hadn't heard, let you uh, jump in. Where, where are you standing? Yeah, you know, go anywhere you want with it. Part of this is funny and part of it is serious. And so I'll, I'll say, say a couple of things here. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's just so funny that we've had, you know, that Belichick gives us a smoking gun. And, and, and everybody has wanted to know. Everybody, from what I've read, everybody knew this, right? Everybody is, is just kind of new in, in air quotes for everybody out there on the radio um, that knew that this was was the way it was in the NFL. That was really tough for a, a minority coach to be able to to get a head coaching position or, or a coordinator position in the NFL. But Belichick gave him the smoking gun, uh, very similar yeah. to what John Gruden did earlier. That you know, there's a there's a under underlying racism within within the NFL, especially at the higher levels and. And Gruden gave him smoking a smoking gun, and so, um, but uh, and 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 so it's like, just keep these people off. Don't text, man. I, I've been telling <laughs> my kids that their whole life. Don't text, man. You don't. You just don't do it. There's nothing good that happens after midnight. Don't do it. Don't and, leave a paper trail. You yeah, text. <laughs> yeah. So here's Belichick and Gruden. You know. Doing this, so it's kind of funny that. But the, the, here's the serious part: is that uh, you, you know it's a shame, and um, you know, I, I, props to Flores. I, I don't. It's, to me, this is not a Kaepernick issue, and because with Colin Kaepernick, and, 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 and we get this thing, and I, I'll argue this with anybody because I, I have Kaepernick's not in the NFL because his arm shot. He was never. He was never an accurate quarterback. 
he had great legs and he was in a system that worked, but nobody else other than that one OC, Greg Roman, had figured out how to use a running quarterback. The reason Kaepernick never got another job, he could throw the football accurately. Yeah, he can throw it a country mile, but he, he, he can't get it within a box. And so it, that's the reason Kaepernick went. It, 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 don't leave me wrong. Hey, making some great, uh, great conversations, and I appreciate his positions. I don't disagree with that. But I may, I may Kay- have some pushback on that. But this isn't well, a conversation yeah, about whether conversation. Kaepernick should it's not be a starting quarterback. Right. So I, I, I hopefully Flores won't get in that box. That's all I'm saying. I hope he doesn't get in that box because this is something, something unique and it's tangible. So the, the the deal is this is this could be the thing that costs the NFL hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And um, there's going to be a settlement here. The question is going to be how big is the class action? Because he filed it as a class action. So here's what I think the deal is. He, he's he got the Giants done. They're done, right? He's got them. He knows that they they, they they performed an interview with, with with evidence that they had no intention of hiring him. That's discrimination, period, end of story. They, all they can hope, all the NFL can hope for is they don't take this to federal court. Because if this goes to federal court as a Civil Rights Act violation, the NFL's toast. You know, uh, I guess 20 years ago they had some uh, – the monopoly, they took them as a monopoly and tried to break them up, the, the NFL Players Association, and it failed – Dude, they'll. This is going to be bad. This it'll yeah. be really bad for the NFL if this gets to the federal level. So I suspect you'll see a settlement for it. You'll see settlement for it pretty quickly, meaning within two years. But um, the deal is, as far as what I've read, that will will kick it. Is that Flores is hinting, or or there's intimates there's uh, he's intimating that there are two other coaches that are going to back him up. And if it, once you get a pattern, the pattern is the deal, right? Yeah. And so if they've got evidence, and these two coaches have receipts, meaning that they have evidence, uh, uh, more text these, messages we're talking about, right? They have evidence that these uh, that these uh, interviews were a sham. They're done. So here's my prediction: is that the NFL will settle. That these the the teams have violated the Rooney Rule and have not carried these uh, interviews uh, in 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 light of the Rooney Rule, and there's going to be a significant fine uh, for for the for NFL owners. Is it one of those where it gets settled with an undisclosed amount or undisclosed I, amount? That like part I don't know. It, it just kind of disappears. It depends on how Flores and the guys want to take it. Yeah, uh, but it'll be in their court. Yeah, but there's going to be significant amount of money spent for the owners, and there's going to be some owners. And, and LJ, there's a great point about Mark Davis wanting to flip the bird uh, to Roger Goodell. There's going to be two or three owners who are going to say, "Screw you! I'm just going to go hire these guys." And also, say, I think Ron Flores it. is a fantastic defensive yeah. coordinator he's, and a good head coach. He's a great head coach. You've got the other. You know that that's the part of the discrimination party. It really irks me because I don't know why. Anybody who doesn't want to win with the best person, regardless of, of of how tall they are, how short they are, how fat they are, how skinny they are, what they look like, it really pisses me off. It really does. Mm. And you've got to want a winner. And this dude is a winner. Now, this other part of this lawsuit, if there's truly – and I know you want to talk about it in a second, but talk about discrimination part of this. Uh, they've got – it looks like to me for the first time they've got something here. And if if they take this to the wall – the NFL could be in some serious trouble. I'm glad you brought up that one point because, I, and I know LJ was kind of maybe he's just serious, but maybe joking a little about Mark Davis flipping the bird. But the reason it makes sense to me, L, is because not only does it flip the bird to the NFL, but and I think you were meaning this, and I just want to make sure it came across clear to everyone else. It will also give you 
maybe the best defensive coordinator or one of like it's yeah. a great hire and it flips yeah. the bird to the NFL. It's not just a yeah. hiring them to flip the bird. It's like, and yeah. we get a good defensive coordinator. According to the lawsuit, uh, it also says that Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, told Flores he would pay him $100,000 for every loss during the coach's first season because he wanted the club to, quote, tank so he could get the draft's top pick. The lawsuit also alleges that Ross then pressured Flores to recruit a prominent quarterback in violation of the league's tampering rules. When Flores refused, he was cast as the, quote, angry black man who is difficult to work with and was derailed until he was uh, eventually fired. That is interesting. I, uh, tanking has been around and it's done that, but the, uh, if he's got, I, I don't know. I, I just think we'll see where it goes. I just don't think Flores brings this up unless he really thinks he's got something because this is, it's career suicide if you don't have anything. If you're just, he said, she said, you're, you're just asking yourself to get blackballed, I think. So we'll see what happens with it. I, I'm rooting for Flores before this because I just thought he was a good coach. I just thought he was, I was like, maybe the Cowboys can mess around and get him one day. No, uh, but, so we'll see where that goes. I mean, does anybody else have any thoughts on that or would move, move the, on or the uh, tanking thing doesn't surprise me in any way whatsoever. No, I'm not surprised by that at all. The tampering, I guess, not really that surprising either because that it, the rules are, are, are not supposed to impair the owners from getting what they want. Um, and so it totally doesn't surprise me that he would ask him to do that. That's totally for Tom Brady, right? Uh, he wanted him to try to push for Tom Brady. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, 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 I think it was. I think it was. Sure. Yeah, to push for for Brady. They they wanted uh, Herbert in the uh, in the draft. Uh, yeah, I th- right. I Flores were, wanted them. Yeah. But I think they, I oh, think the, it sounded the, like Ross, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ross sorry. was wanting him to go get a big name quarterback yeah. to recruit him. And so it was yeah, either I'm probably sorry. Deshaun Watson or Brady or, or maybe Rogers, I guess, or something. Right. But it was, there is I'm a connection sorry. between Flores and Brady. So that would kind of make yeah. sense. Um, I'm sorry. I was, this is the thing though, that the, the, the tanking thing, uh, you know, it, 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 it's been rumored and, and stuff about that, but we saw Jacksonville win a game that caught, you know, well, and also, still, as far as tanking and tampering goes, I'm, I watch a lot of NBA. I'm a big NBA fan. Yeah. Tanking and tampering happens in yeah. sports. Like, let's not be yeah. – you try to stop it, but it happens. There's a reason why on July 1st when free agency opens up on midnight, everybody, all these guys – like, Wojnowski has everybody's already signing. It's because they've already discussed it. It's not like yeah. they really came to an agreement within 20 minutes. Well, it, I think t- maybe what Tony's kind of saying is that uh, that the tanking absolutely – like, the owners want to push this. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? But but it doesn't seem like you mentioned Jacksonville. Like, players or coaches ever want to lose. And if they do want to lose, they're bad players or coaches. Yeah. You wouldn't have hired them in the first place. Yeah. So. Here's and, and here's the angle that, that you'll hear about in the next few days is that – the NFL has aligned themselves with gambling operations. Yep. And Caesars is paying a lot of money. BetMGM is paying a lot of money. They're allowing these things. It, it, 20 years ago, you would have never seen a gambling mm-hmm. uh, DraftKings all over NFL stadiums. You'd have never seen that going on. They're aligning it with it, and their their sport is clean. It's got to be clean. If this tanking thing goes, to the, goes down, it, it, again – if it gets outside of this circle and and they figure out that you've got tanking and there's 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 collusion we're talking federal stuff here right we're we're talking about that that there's collusion Tim Donaghy stuff we're it's bad it's really yeah, bad and and so to me from an NFL standpoint 
the discrimination thing you you can come back from if if they really if they have evidence of tanking then there's a problem they're 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 gonna have a bad it's gonna be a bad issue and they're gonna be some people come down on them the public image of that too like you're saying uh you know this is the year uh this season we got told that uh delay of game is a subjective call it's interesting that that gets that statement gets made the same year that we bring in all of these gambling sites and stuff like that to advertise on the NFL. Like it's, it's gotten pretty wild how the NFL and gambling, it feels, it feels very weird. And so, yeah, if we start talking about official receipts of tanking boy, uh, yeah, Yeah. you're dead on. That is like that. That's the end of a league potentially, you know, that's the USFL rises again. (laughs) That's right. Well, go, go, gentlemen. I'm all in Jeff Fisher. I'm all in Jeff Fisher. (laughs) All right, so now we're about to just fix sports. All right, so what we're going to oh, do please. now is, is, as you know, if you've listened to the Just Press Play podcast, we love to throw in some ad rules that would make the league better and come up with, you might think they're dumb rules. It's actually genius rules. Like LJ, right? How do we decide that we would uh, solve overtime? Uh, flip a coin. The loser of the coin flip has to fight a bear. Uh, if they win, they win. And if they lose, they lose. <laughs> right. Done. Deal. How do you argue that? You can't. Yeah. All right. So... The other, not, not a couple weeks ago, that when we made that roll up, it got me thinking. Mina Kimes, at Mina Kimes on Twitter, she works for ESPN. She tweeted out something like, uh, give me your wildest sports rules that you actually think could make sense and would help the league. And so I kind of, some of these, like, there's a few on my own, but most of them are I found in the thread. And I'm going to say the Twitter name I saw said it. But I, I want to get y'all's reaction. So, Pops, I'll start with you. Here's one from uh, at DN Peeps. Punts should be like timeouts. You only get a set amount each game. Ooh. So you get four punts a game and you have to decide when you would like to punt. So if you if you punt a lot in the first half, you might be up by 17, Kyle Shanahan, but now you have to go for it at your own 20 and screw yourself over. What do you say, Pops? I'm interested. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really interested in that. I mean, a punt is not the most exciting part of the game anyway. Um, I guess it'd be less bathroom breaks for me, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> Which less less time to read things, you know. You True. Have to for longer, so you have plenty more time to read. <laughs> <laughs> that TV will be imperative in the restroom. <laughs> TV in a mirror. <laughs> that's a callback, people. If y'all aren't listening to every episode, first off, what's wrong with you? And if you are, you understand why that's hilarious. <laughs> LJ, what do you think? You kind of perked up when I said that. When you like the, you like the. Dude, I love it. That's crazy. That's a crazy <laughs> rule. And I think it's really fun. I, I'd love to see. That's how it's the like, let's let's fix the Pro Bowl by throwing these random rules in there. Just see what happens. Let's find out. I'm totally. Well, Tony, we talked about that one on Sunday, Tony, and you were kind of you were kind of on board with that one. Another yeah. one uh, pops that might kind of uh, mess up your bat, your, your potty breaks there. <laughs> the player who scores the touchdown should have to take the next snap on the extra point. Either they can hold it for a kick or they can take it as a quarterback, but that like Tyreek Hill can scores. Can they be the center? You could, but I think they're more likely to say, I like, I like, like you have well, Tyreek Hill as a quarterback. You get some big man scores though, right? You get some big Ooh. man scores. That's easy peasy. You're going to encourage big man scores. Oh, you're, you're encouraging the fat <laughs> guy wow. touchdown. Well, but yeah. no, you can't line up over the center, right? So the center really doesn't get a lot of contact. Yeah, but you yeah. can have your backup center be like the tight end for a play and throw a Mike Rabel touchdown <laughs> to him, I guess, or something. Tony, what do you that. think about that one? I, you know, you said that. I kind of like it because think about Tyreek Hill uh, snapping a football. Or for that matter, you, you know, yeah. You like I, the center. You like Tyreek Hill as yeah, the like center. Yeah, I like Dak Prescott. <laughs> Put Dak Pre- I, I like that. That the Yeah, I like Ooh. that. 
Yeah, if your quarterback runs a touchdown and all of a sudden Dak Prescott's got a lineup across from here, Donald, you don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, what did I do? Imagine Tom Brady after he rushes one of those one-yard touchdowns and now he's lining up at center ahead of like Namak and yeah. Sue. That, that is something. That'd be interesting. He'll be yelling at that ref so hard. Um, Tony, I have a baseball one for you. This is from Clinton Yates, who actually works for ESPN. He says, if a ball gets past the catcher on any pitch – you should be allowed to try to steal first base, not just on the third strike. On any pitch, Ooh. you should be allowed to try to steal first. That's now, if you get one. caught, you're out, though. If you get caught, you're out. That's a good one. Well, that's high risk, high reward. That's and, and it Perez makes every pitch fun. Yeah, that'd be good. I like that. Because they already don't like throwing the crazy, you know, maybe a really crazy pitch when you got two strikes because you don't, the catcher might drop it. So now, if you got, if that 12 6 curve is nasty, but you sometimes lose control, you might not want to throw it ever because, I mean, Ichiro could get on first at any point. He could run any time. I, I, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Pops, you, you a fan of that one? Yeah, I think I like that. Baseball needs a little more excitement. <laughs> I think I like that. Speaking of excitement, uh, L. Duncan tweeted this out, LJ. She says, instead of using a coin flip to determine who gets the ball in the NFL – we should just line them up dodgeball style and had the ball at midfield, and the first person that gets to the ball gets the snap. Gets the, the ball XFL first. The XFL basically did that. Yeah, the, oh, did they? yeah, yeah their original run. I think they tossed the ball out. They just like rolled it out and had two people <laughs> run for it. Now, player safety that could be bad to have everybody sprinting at center field and like, just see what happens. But it would be funny. Like we're going to go ahead and employ this guy. He sucks at football, but he will get to the ball he first will at get midfield. That ball. Yeah. He's greased up. He's ready to go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, dad, I think you'll like this one. Um, and every, this is like, you know how baseball, the stadiums are all unique in their own ways. You got the green monster yeah. and you got different. Th- so NBA should work the same oh. and every team should be able to alter their court. However they want. Maybe they put their three point uh, line uh, really uh, close. Maybe they put their three point line in half court. Cause they got Steph Curry who can hit half court shots. Maybe they make their paint really big. So they can, you know, have like maybe there's less three seconds in the lane, or there's more three seconds in the lane for a guy like Shaq. What do you think? Every no, team has their you own. You cannot do that. It has to be the same court. And besides, maybe even the me, goal, it, maybe even the goal's different. You yeah, put it, so not going to put this at eleven foot because you got a big front line. I mean, good God, no. Let's and go. besides that, the court anyway. You want who was it? Was it Boise State that's got that damn blue ass field that just drives yeah. me yeah. nuts? Yeah, those few, but yeah, I can't have stand seen- it. You should see Oregon's basketball. Have you seen Oregon's basketball court? Oh boy, that's you, you'll think your TV's broken for a second. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the shadows. It's it's brown. Uh, the trees. It's all trees. Yes, in the paint. I think I it have is seen nuts. It. Yeah. It, it, I would not want to play there. So, Popsy, we need a regulated NBA court. Yes, we, we, we need don't. a regular. The, the court is the court. You can't. Be. It gives it gives the Magic a home court advantage. You know, they might put, have no three point line. So now, Steph Curry, you're, you're just another player. You can shoot from out there if you want to, <laughs> yeah, no. but you get two points. That's asinine. You cannot know. I was about to say, LJ's on board with me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Here's one, Tony. I think you can get beyond, get behind. This is from at Packer Ranter. The two NFL teams with the worst record. We're fixing tanking, by the way, with this Let's one go. right here. The two NFL teams with the worst record should play the Thursday night before the first round of the playoffs to see who gets the first overall pick. Ooh. I love that. So, like this year, I guess the it would toilet be the, bowl. the Jags and and who has first overall? 
Detroit. Jags have second. Or no, Jags have first, and maybe I think the Lions or Jets. But either way, you get them to play a game on Thursday night. And it's a fun yeah. Thursday night game because you're the playing winner, for the first. Yeah, the, the winner, winner gets it. The winner. Yeah. Yes. The winner gets it. So, like, you're coaching, yeah. you're coaching your ass off for that game. Yeah, you so might have been taken be Jags before. And Lions. Jags and Lions. Winner takes the first pick. Dan Campbell to get the first pick in the draft. He's going to be on fire. Biting your kneecaps. I like that rule. Tony, this is from, uh, let's see, Brian C. Grubb. The warning track in baseball should be like, uh, like, um, have a little bounce to it, like a trampoline to where guys can jump. <laughs> <a little higher laughs> runs. No, no, no. I can't imagine the knee injuries that are going to No, yeah, that. no, no. <laughs> Wouldn't it be, we all love no. a good Rob, though. Wouldn't it be awesome to see no, the guy I- jump up? Yeah, hey, I'll, Michael I'll Jordan that, in though. Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, I'll add to that, though. There should be a net. Uh, for 20 feet or 10 yards around the foul pole. And if the ball hits that net and bounces in, it's fair. Okay. So, baseball. so those, those, those home runs that go barely foul, it might Yeah, they come back in. in. Or the foul balls that just barely curl around or they're a foul, they bounce in and are fair. I love it. They're alive. Okay. Yeah. They're alive. Um, let's see. Oop. I think this one, LJ, we have issues with replay, right? And, you yeah. know, some, some, in, and mainly in the NBA or NFL, but this is for everything. Replay officials in all leagues should be kept in an isolated room. So when there's a replay, they just get the play. They have no idea what was called, no, no idea what's going on in the and game, what, the right what matters. Yeah. I'm, so I'm sitting in a room all by myself, <laughs> and now you're telling me, the pass interference, we're reviewing it here. What do you got? And I have no idea. They could be They're 50 not even to saying zero. pass interference, we're reviewing it here. They're just throwing you the play. <laughs> there. You have there, to call yeah, you don't the even know what we're reviewing. Just, you just <laughs> tell me it? exactly yeah. what you would call on this play, just for everything. And that's then you can be like, actually, honestly, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I like it. There's no bias anymore because now you don't get the home, co- home field or court. Like, think about you're in an NBA game and they're reviewing an out of bounds play and you're doing, they're reviewing at that monitor and the rest knowing. Whatever I call, I'm about to get crazy booed or crazy cheered, and then I'm going to be in this stand, this stadium too, for the next hour long, and they're going to hate me. You got a guy, I, you know, we don't even know who it is. It's LJ and I sit in a room, but we never say who that ref is. We just have our guy in the I sit in a room. We're pitching to him, and that ref says, "Warriors ball." There we go. Move on. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I like it. I think that's really good. Um, I think I have some more, Tony. I, I threw this at you. Did you have? Does anybody else have any that they that they've had throughout the years that they thought would? would I mean, I've got some sports? big Pro Bowl fix, but oh man, now, the only one I threw out is I. I said that of your twenty-two starters in football, at least one has to play both ways. Oh, has to start both ways, at least one. Better, better have some conditioning, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. You get position, would it you can, like? It could be a tackle. It could be a safety. Somebody, or somebody. To play tight end, a linebacker, whatever. Somebody has to play both ways. Of the 22, they oh, have to start both ways. Like a majority play of plays because a lot of defenders don't get out there for right. all snaps, right? Right. They got to play. Unless hurt, play like a certain- unless hurt, they have to play 50% <laughs> of the game both ways. Love it. That's wild. Uh oh, pops. So you don't want you don't want NBA teams to screw up their court and have different courts. We need a regulated court. Yeah. Okay. All right. All yes. right. Whatever. The no fun league over here that pops is commissioner of. <laughs> How about this? In the last, so we have a regulated court. Fine. But in the last two minutes, this is from at uh, C Guami on Twitter. In the last two minutes of NBA games, the half court line should become a five point line. Oh, yo. Not the whole game, but just the last two minutes. So, like, even when they're down 10, 
you still got down eight with the two minutes left. You got a serious shot Doesn't now. Affect fouls. Yeah, uh, five I guess free if you throws? get fouled, I guess oh, if you get yeah. fouled, you better not oh, foul yeah. somebody behind the half court. Yeah, you get five free throws. Uh, I'm yeah. starting to not like it actually. I think that's a little too overpowered. Maybe no, four. No, just, maybe yeah. four. Oh, Shooting God, from like half it. court though. I know, but if you get fouled, like you get fouled that. when you inbound a lot. Like that's like a thing that, that happens all the time. We already have a thing. You wouldn't much if they if you get no, fouled. No, but you have to get fouled in the fouled when you're shooting. It's in the it's in the act of shooting though, LJ. So yeah. if you do an well, intentional like foul, bonus, or reaching. bonus is always two. Yeah, okay. Never mind. Yeah, but it's Never still yeah, it's That's still fair. two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Let's go. All right. That was easy. You're already convinced it only yeah, took you all, I mean, like not, sixty seconds. Yeah. Not the NBA act of shooting because the NBA act of shooting, you could be coming out of the bathroom, getting ready to catch <laughs> the ball, and they call it a, a shooting foul. <laughs> Uh, this guy had it was just a take, it, like it was just a, a hot take. It wasn't necessarily a rule, and I'm guessing he's not a Packers fan here. Uh, at like Mike today says, without two Hall of Famers back to back, the Packers are basically the Lions. Just <laughs> so that's the rule change. <laughs> that, that was just his. He just wanted to make sure that was said. He probably, Although, I would imagine like Mike today tweets that like to replies to everybody yeah. with that just to make sure. <laughs> it's been, hey, by the way, Green Bay. <laughs> Although that could be a good rule change. That if you lose a home game to a divisional opponent, you have to wear their helmet the next game. <laughs> That's funny. So if the Packers oh. lost at home to the Lions, they got to wear Lions helmets the next game. That would. Be I awful. just think. I, I think all the leagues need to just have a more open mind about you know some rule changes. LJ, how are we fixing the Pro Bowl? The Pro Bowl well, is this Sunday. Are you fixing so, it for us? So here, no, of course I'm not. Um, so the way you fix the Pro Bowl is you make it a Pro Bowl weekend with like the dodgeball and stuff that they've got. Um, that's all well and good. Make dodgeball last longer. But here's how you really fix dodgeball. You invite five players from every team. The team gets to pick them and it's a dodgeball tournament. Um, and it's 30 teams except for the two that are playing in the Super Bowl. They're not entered. Um, and I don't know what you give them. Maybe you give them something like, a, you know, a, a extra compensatory pick or something. But anyway, so that's part of it. And then also we have karaoke and sketch comedy fest. <laughs> I would buy a ticket to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, right. No kidding. Easily, easily. Sketch comedy fest. Now, no, and that's good for everybody because you have some cornerbacks right with the, like all this charisma or whatever, and they never get these ads because they're just cornerbacks. And you know, now, Justin Tucker's an opera singer, isn't he? I mean, doesn't he sure. do some? Sure. Oh, watch him at karaoke night. You know, oh, like yeah. that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> yeah, Celine. Dion. Who do you think? Who do you Dion. think you want for like just um, now? You got to scout your team. Say, say you're the Broncos. Are you bringing like Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater? Are you bringing the guns for for dodgeball? Do you want your athletes? I, I think you want your speed. I think you want your. You might uh, want a receiver because you catch yeah, a dodgeball. Judy. Yeah, I think you're basically. Wanting you don't want if you're the, the 49ers, You don't need Tart out there because it will just hit him right in the chest. <laughs> hey, but, if you're playing uh, dodgeball, you need to dive, duck, dodge, and <laughs> dive, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. There's the five D's, man. The you gotta five have D's of dodgeball. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm also thinking like uh, what I really want to see is like Aaron Donald singing Adele, like that's really what I want. My that some gigantic NFL athlete singing some Adele song. That's, that that's the goal. Oh boy. That, I'm, I'm with Hello. it. I can get behind it. <laughs> um, let's see. Do we have, do we, do we, I think I've gone through all my rule changes. Do we have anything else or anything we needed to touch on? What's the bougie problem? Dr. Lipscott. I, I really don't have a bougie problem. Everything's that's a, yeah. that's a problem right that's there. Awesome. I got a bougie problem. Lyft don't have any bougie problems. Mm-hmm. What's your bougie What's problem? What's your bougie problem? Lyft doesn't have any bougie problems. Oh, that is oh. your bougie problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to hear about that. That's a that's a bougie problem for me. You know, so um, 
they always talk about like when guys retire. So like Tom Brady's retiring, and the reason they they don't want to retire maybe is because that that feeling they get in in games, you know, where your, your heart's racing and, and fourth quarter, and you got to try to score in the ups and downs. Well, I don't, I'm not I'm not saying I'm Tom Brady, but I had one of those moments last week. Okay. Um, yeah. I was driving on the interstate. I was going like a little faster than, but not like overly, but like so 75. I was going like 79, 80. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the state trooper comes flying behind me, lights on, and you know the feeling your heart. You're like, oh. All right, I'm already thinking about, all right, so now I'm going to have to hold back on this that I wanted to right. buy because I have to pay for this ticket. And he he's in the lane behind me and just, whoo, whoo, and he's going somewhere else. He is not worried about Kevin. Oh. And that's the moment that Tom Brady has when he throws a touchdown because I felt like I just won the game on a last-second yeah, play because I was like, I'm going to bump this cruise down to 75. And I, it's the highs and low of when you think you're about to get pulled I, over to when you're I'm not. I'm pretty sure that that I've I've heard Tom Brady say that exact story. Is it reminds him of when Kevin's driving? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like when he's talking when he's driving in the Super Bowl. It reminds him of me just driving down the interstate in Little Rock, yeah. Arkansas. <laughs> word for word, word for word. <laughs> I mean, but you know that feeling when the when the cop comes up behind you and you're just like, gosh, shit. Okay, how much yep. is the ticket? It's probably like two hundred. Yeah. I don't know. It's and then they go around. It's not you. good. <laughs> yeah. And he went around me and I. Tell you i think like i was like just the the cheer I, it was the for the next 10 minutes i, th- I just turned off my music and was just like Whew. i felt like i was just given 200 dollars because i'd already i'd already like given that away i'd already like thought about here's how much is in my checking it's minus 200 for this ticket and it felt like i was just awarded 200 dollars. it was actually a great feeling for a second it was the worst feeling ever but then after it was awesome so i just wanted to but don't speak that that was the moral of the stories i shouldn't have been yeah, yeah, the stories don't commit crimes yeah don't um, yeah don't do it all right now we need to wrap up the only way we know how and i do want to before we get to what uncle tony's drinking tonight I had one of the world famous Uncle Tony Bloody Mary on Sunday. Ooh. That is an ideal way to start a football Sunday. I'm just, I'm just telling you now. He is, that thing, he is pretty good at it, isn't he? That sucker was good. Now I can't repeat all the 10. recipes because this one wasn't. Uh, this one was a uh, Tony original. So I don't want to eat. I, I think he said he'd have to kill me if I said it. So <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. But it was, it was delicious. So I just wanted to let the listeners know. Numbers out of ten. Ooh, uh, eight point four. It could be very specific. You could get a better Bloody Mary, probably, but if you did, it's going to be a damn good Bloody Mary. I don't know. I don't know. It better have a piece of meat stuck in it. That's all I got to (laughs) say. I just wanted wanted to Bloody Mary better than that one was. (laughs) I wanted to share with the listeners just that that they hear they hear Uncle Tony tell us what he's drinking in his rankings, and I just wanted them to be clear that now if I would have had a Bloody Mary and it was shit, then the listener knows like, well, I can't take him serious anymore. So credibility, (laughs) Uncle Tony has his credibility. So. Now, Uncle Tony, what you got? What's in the glass tonight? All right, we're, we're drinking a classic tonight. Uh, we're we're drinking a sidecar, and uh, Ooh, good choice. I haven't made this before, and I was reading about it. And the sidecar is really another take on the Manhattan. And really, it's the class. It's the classic American cocktail that uses uh, the alcohol with uh, a, a liqueur. And so, the sidecar is made with our favorite cognac. Got to have a little yak. So a little little uh, shout out there to Kefus with no Tifus about the yak. So, um, <laughs> but it's this uh, it's this cognac, a little Cointreau, uh, lemon juice. So it's really like a whiskey sour, but it's made with cognac, and uh, it's shaken, not stirred. Which uh, normally when you use lemon juice, it shakes important it up. Detail. 
Yep, and and you can have it with or without uh, sugar on the rim. I choose without because you know pre diabetic, you got to watch those kind of things. And uh, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, but uh, it's really nice. It's easy. It's a good wintertime drink because you get that cognac gets you nice and warm. Lemon juice keeps it freshened up. But uh, really like this sidecar. It's a it's a pretty good little drink. I, it's it's growing on me. All right. Pops, I, I just mentioned, so I had a good drink over at Tony's. Tony giving us his drink. Did, have you had any any good solid drinks lately, or has it just been a Miller Lite, Coors Light kind of thing for you? I guess I'm, no free ads. I'm just giving out free ads. Yeah, there, no. Well, it sounds like you really shat on them, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm kind well, of... Well, you know, just every now and then, a, a nice cold beer just really hits the spot. It's perfect. There's the ad. But There's I, the really, ad. I really <laughs> like vodka from the freezer. Uh, mm-hmm. poured you know shot and a half two over some ice. Uh, either either ginger ale or fresca, just for a little citrusy taste, <laughs> and then and then a little hit of cranberry juice, just a little hint, just for color. Wow! And and that that's a that's a very delightful, refreshing drink. That's one of my favorites. How about a fresca? <laughs> As we wrap up the pot, I just want to shout out. You know, I didn't win anything gambling on. Stupid football this weekend, but some guy <laughs> uh, put a two leg parlay down of an exact score. He predicted the Bengals twenty seven to twenty four and Rams twenty to seventeen. And the odds for that, if you were wondering, was uh, there's no comma in here. I have to look. He put he put twenty dollars down and won five hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars. Wow! So um, huge. There's a reason. That uh, uh, the sports book that put this out, we're not saying names, no free ads, but there's a reason they were willing to tweet it out and show how much you won because all the rest of us are losing on those perfect score bets. So don't do that. But shout out to that guy. He just he just made his whole life right there on a stupid bet on Sunday. So yep. good for him or yep. her. Um, anything else? Are we good? We wrap up or. I'm good. just saying we've had so many three point games in a row. This it's is crazy. It's got to be. This is either going to be the best or the worst Super Bowl ever. You know, I can't wait. I think this I was perfect six. on my picks last week. You were, and you're still not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pops. By saying I think I was perfect, he knew damn well he was perfect. <laughs> um, you, as we you leave, may tie, but you're not going to win. <laughs> as we leave, a shout out to Jossie. Joe Burrow won. His outfit was. On point. Oh, oh like yeah. A million man. dollars. Like the rock you, from 1990. Did you hear them ask about his chain? Did y'all hear that part no. of that exchange? So they asked him about his chain and they asked if it was real diamonds in there and he kind of giggled and went, I mean, I make way too much money for them to be fake. <laughs> I just love Joe Burrow. How do you not like yeah. Joe Burrow? He's full of it. He's so good. He's full of He's shit, so but good. in the best way. Yeah. I'd love to. Have, I'd love to have a uh, sidecar with him. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll come and have it, hang out with the JP Pod and have a nice you, sidecar. He can have a sidecar. You can have a fresca <laughs> with a hint of cranberry. All right, Bucare, Nolens. That does it. No bougie problems for live. We're living life good right now. We'll see what that changes next week. We will catch y'all next time. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Day is here already. You didn't like my fresca, did you, Tony? Oh, I love your fresca, man. I love it. Man, I I've like had fresca. drink that he's saying, and it's a solid drink. It's yeah, solid I like it. Drink. It is. Uh, all right. See you. Tom Brady has played 18% of all Super Bowls ever played.
played, 23% of Super Bowls played since he was born, and 50% of Super Bowls played since he was drafted. Just leaving y'all with that. Uh, welcome, Peter Fishes. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace out. Enjoy it, guys. All right, see y'all. See ya.